Hello, everyone. Welcome to Special Ed Rising, No Parent Left Behind. I'm your host, Mark Ingracia, and I have been an active member in the field of special education for 35 years as a classroom teacher, tutor, parent trainer, consultant, and advocate. Thank you so much for joining me. This is a podcast for parents and caregivers of children along the spectrum of disabilities as an information hub and promoter for the advancement of people with disabilities in all areas of life. So if you're interested in learning about topics from the world of exceptional needs, educational services, health and wellness, fitness, nutrition for you and your child, and more, this is the place for you. In this episode, I'm speaking with Dr. Pamela Ellis, the education doctor. Pamela Ellis holds an MBA and a PhD. She partners with busy parents to help their teen find a college that feels like home without overpaying. She founded Compass College Advisory in 2010 and has served over a thousand families. 95% of their students have been admitted to their top choice colleges and the average scholarship is $75,000. Dr. Pamela is a highly sought after speaker and author of the best-selling book, What to Know Before They Go, College Edition. Dr. Pamela graduated from Stanford University and the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College, and she earned a doctorate from the Stanford University School of Education. If you like the show, please subscribe, like, comment, and tell your friends about it. And for some extra help to inform your journey, visit the resource page of my website, specialedrising.com. I would love to feature your success stories on the show, so if you'd like to contribute, please send them to my email so we can show the world what's possible. If you enjoy the podcasts, now you can tune into my YouTube channel, Special Ed Rising, for short clips from my interviews. The catalog is growing, so look for new clips in the coming days. Now pack your duffel bag because we're hitching a ride with Dr. Pamela on the road to college for another win. Dr. Pamela Ellis, hello. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mark. I'm excited to talk with you today. Thank you. My pleasure. Me too. Yeah. Me too. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's yeah. the sun is shining and <laughs> it's a good day already. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's such a pleasure to meet you. I'm excited to mm -hmm. talk about what you do because I think it's yeah. it's much needed. Before we get into it, before we start talking about the, the meat of what you do, uh, mm -hmm. can we talk about just something that's kind of fun about you, something that you enjoy doing oh, that maybe you're absolutely. passionate about other than? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. I love running. And <laughs> I have to mention that because it's new for me. Okay. And I just started running right before COVID. And it really just... Um, refreshes me and gives me an opportunity to think clearly. I gained so many new ideas and this morning was a running day for me. So that's oh, top of mind. But um, besides that, I love concerts and I can't wait for the summer to go mm -hmm. to all the concerts nice. that are happening this year. Nice. So yeah. Why don't we jump right into it? Maybe give us a little bit of your background, uh, a little bit of your journey and what you know, brought you yeah. eventually to start your company and, and work in this specific yeah. field, your passion? Well, I'll have to start with, you know, my company really was birthed from becoming a mom okay. and really wanting to help my children with their K-12 experience. And that drove me to going back 
to get my doctorate degree. And after I had finished my degree, I was doing education research and working with schools, working with other educational agencies. And some parents asked me if I would help them with their kids' journey. And I thought, really? And, you know, they saw what I was doing with my own children. And from there, I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to work with families, I want to do something meaningful and impactful for Mm -hmm. them and really support um, their teen. And so I created my program based on my doctorate work because my work is around high school to college transition. And so that really started my company. And the first families I worked with actually had middle schoolers. And they were looking for summer programs and started looking for high schools. And they referred other families who were looking for colleges. And so that's, that's how it evolved and became what it is today. Very organic. Yes, it was. It was. And this to me, feels like the best way. Yeah. 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 There's and no contrivance to that, right? There's no contrivance exactly. to that. Yeah. Exactly. And it lets me know that I am where I'm supposed to be in yeah. terms of following my calling as opposed to forcing something to happen in work. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I started too as a teacher, I wasn't expecting to go into education. It just really? it happened and it was a very organic thing. And took me a long time to even believe that I was a teacher because it just never felt like that was the thing for me. But I yeah. enjoyed working with the children and, and the development of the person. That was the thing that drew me in. So that was exactly. the humanity aspect of it, as opposed yeah. to the academics so much. Um, yeah, that was a part of it, uh, obviously. But being able to, mm-hmm. you know, meet these kids and work with these kids and impact their lives somehow and have them impact my life. Yes. You know, that was what you get back yes. from them. That's something that we always need to remember. And I think remind yes. people, you know, that uh, exactly. there's so much that we can learn from the kids. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that is, I think, unique in some regards with my uh, practice is that I do uh, take a deep interest in supporting parents. And I know that for parents, as they are, um, as their teen, you know, is getting towards uh, going away to college, it often hard for them to let go. And so I feel like so much of my practice is around coaching parents and supporting them with how to let go and how to do it gracefully and Mm -hmm. enjoy the teen years, you know, so that they're not so stressed that it's making it, you know, more burdensome for their teen and that family stays intact and really enjoys those years before their teen goes away to college. That's awesome because really that's such a it's such a impactful time in life. It's such yeah. a huge transition. Teenage years are very difficult mm-hmm. at times for kids. Yeah. And uh, you know, when parents add that stress to it, not being able to communicate with the child is is gonna be a yeah. real detriment to the relationship. And Having that kind of advice and guidance is huge. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask. The thing I would add is it keeps marriages together as well. Keeps marriages together. 
<laughs> Those are the big bumps, the big bumps that you got to get over together, right? Yes, you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. How do you go about helping these parents in that process? What do you do? You do anything mm -hmm. specific? What are the things you talk to them about strategies, perhaps to help them get to that place? Oh, wow. Um, you know, it really varies in terms of the parent and it's largely coaching them around, you know, still taking time for themselves and letting the team own the process. Mm. And so I liking it in so many ways to uh, senioritis or, um, you know, some of the stress that, you know, kids are dealing with, you know, parents in the same way are dealing with it. And that sense of loss, you know, when their team does go away and if they're going to be an empty nester, the, you know, worries about that. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of those, you know, nervous, you know, anxiety that they're yeah. experiencing can often be allayed when they are taking time for self-care, what I would refer to as self-compassion. Mm -hmm. And even in smaller ways, it doesn't have to be something grand, but uh, simple things like environmental um, wellness, like having flowers or being mm -hmm. in sunlight, <laughs> you know, those <laughs> kinds of practices and right. being mindful as well and grateful. Uh, gratitude, you know, is a well-researched area where we know that it reduces stress and builds resilience. And those kinds of practices, you know, don't cost a whole lot. You know, maybe it's just a few minutes of your time on a daily basis. And so mm -hmm. it's those kinds of simple things that can yeah. help relieve some of the stress that parents are dealing with in terms of their teen maturing, growing up, and about to leave home. Yeah, that's really, it's so wonderful to hear you say that because that, that's mm -hmm. one of the main, main tenets of what I do with parents too. And what yeah. I'd like to get across in this podcast is, you know, the, the, the importance of you as the parent, you know, and not forgetting yourself. You matter. Exactly. You know, exactly. And, and letting yeah. your child, you know, listening to your child so you understand where they're at because you let them, like you said, you let them control the process. It's their, yeah. it's their future, right? It's not your future. It is. Do you have a perspective on that? I'm just curious. Oh, absolutely I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's hear uh, it. Hold on. Go for it. <laughs> uh, well, yes, because um, when you let them own the process, and recognize that it's their journey and not yours, that's a form of trust. Mm -hmm. And it's showing that you trust your team. And yeah. so that's more important than you having your way that they go to the college that you want them to go to. Right. And study because the things that, that can you backfire. Think they study. Yeah, that could backfire. Mm -hmm. And you don't want your team to be resentful in any way when they do go away to college. Yeah. You know, so thinking about that ahead of time and avoiding some of that tension and those issues and that regret mm -hmm. um, that would come later. Isn't it so true of just like relationships in general when it comes mm -hmm. to a parent and child relationship? The trust 
and yes. listening to that child because when the tr- when the child feels trusted, then they're probably going to be a lot more amenable to what you want yeah. them to do or need them to do for you, and just the yeah. the, the reciprocal relationship. Um, exactly, and positive. the other thing that it develops in them is confidence, mm-hmm. and that confidence can be such a make or break in this process of college admissions. Mm-hmm. And so nurturing something simple as confidence. Right. It's wonderful. When mm-hmm. did you start? When did the start, the Compass uh, College oh. Advisory? When did you start your company? 2010. 2010. So, yeah. It's been going. <laughs> yeah, it's been going for a while. And, you know, with a small business, being an entrepreneur, you yeah. know, there are a lot of curves, mm-hmm. <laughs> ups oh, and downs. Sure. And so... Being able to endure through all of that is a lot. Yeah. Was that something that you have ever imagined yourself doing, having your own business like this? Or was this kind of a surprise? Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, I, you know, worked in corporate like many of us. I did that for almost about 10 years and uh, still have a pension uh, that's coming (laughs) <laughs> next few years. Always nice. <laughs> yes, it's nice. Um, but the thing about it, uh, when I worked in companies, I worked so hard, Mark, in terms of the hours, especially when I worked um, in investment banking, those hours were grueling. Mm-hmm. And no matter what industry I worked in, I always felt like it was so thankless. Mm-hmm. And In my last um, position with the company, I did a lot of work for that company, working 80 hours or more a week. I did a lot of travel, travel away from my family. And I had, you know, worked on a major, major proposal with them for the state of Texas. And they got that proposal. I, you know, delivered on everything and also wrote a few other proposals for the state of Ohio and some other major education entities. And with all of that being done, they did not say thank you. They did not say thank you. Oh my gosh. And um, for me, that was, that was like the last straw. That was the last straw. And it worked out well because um, I had um, started my company and was just, you know, working part time in it. Mm-hmm. And um, they fired me and just said, hey, you know, we're going to let you go. And I was like, oh, that's so good. That's so good. This is a blessing in disguise yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I had already started uh, started my business and. Right. I really wasn't uh, feeling welcomed there anymore. Mm -hmm. And they didn't appreciate the value that I brought to that business. And I just felt like, you know, I can work these many hours and appreciate myself. And so that's what I did. That's great. It's really such a, you know, when you think about relationships, again, Mm -hmm. there's relationships as personal parental child relationships. There's working yeah. relationships and what it would take to motivate a person, a simple thank you, right? Yes. That's 
Like it's mm-hmm. just common sense and it's missing, yeah. right? Yeah, and even exactly. for a parent with a child to recognize yeah. something positive about them, to build them right. up, mm-hmm. the, the return on that is like a hundred so times because yes. if they're saying thank you to you, you'll know you'll do the same amount of work that you did, which is oh like way more than a thank you is worth, right? Yes. But yes. it's self, the intrinsic value that you get from that. Exactly. And I think that's something that we really need to instill in the kids, you know, their intrinsic yes, we value. Do. Yeah. We do. Absolutely. And I think about that experience and I think about the times when I worked uh, in New York and I would leave my jacket on the seat to show that I was still at work and then, (laughs) you know, have dinner and go back and work late nights. And when things, you know, are a little um, scary or, you know, the cycles, there's some seasonality in my business and things may be down a little bit. I don't think about going back to that. That's where I am in my entrepreneurial journey. I love the freedom it brings. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I agree with that. I have adjunct over the years. And when, you know, with the way the courses are set up, you know, at at the collegiate level, sometimes it would really interfere with Mm -hmm. uh, my travel and other things like that. And so I have to be mindful even because when you are in the classroom, you really can't do anything else. Sure. (laughs) There's no such thing as multitasking or being able (laughs) to follow up on something. You have to be, you know, all in 125%. Yeah, you know, when yeah. you're in the classroom. So I like you're saying we nurture self-discovery through college admissions. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the aspect of nurturing the person, the child, the parent through oh, that process? Absolutely. How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to our process with helping students <clears throat> with finding the right colleges, applying to colleges, it all starts with the team. It all starts with them. And we have assessments that we administer. And those assessments help students with getting a sense for who they are, building that self-awareness. Sometimes they're not sure and they're not sure of what they want to do. And we always say to them, you don't have to know. It's okay because there are so many colleges out there that thrive on students who are undecided. And so you don't have to make a decision just yet. I mean, I was one of those kids who said, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a doctor. Because everyone you know, was a doctor and that was a way to show that you were really smart if you say yeah. you're gonna be a doctor. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> we tell them, you know, you don't, you don't have to you know, know. But one of the things you can do is you can um, do a summer program experience. That'll give you a chance to explore and see if you like this area. There are tons of them for every grade level. And we are a big proponent of that. And we curate um, a list of programs for students to apply to and work with them on their application for the summer programs. And that's a way that they can start to discover what interests them and really encouraging them to 
try out uh, certain clubs at school mm -hmm. that may be offered and taking advantage of those opportunities to learn and to grow, to make friends, and also to discover what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy. We have a student a few years back uh, who kept saying he wanted to be an engineer. There's always a lot of those. <laughs> to be an engineer. And uh, he goes to this summer program. And the way the program was set up, there was uh, an engineering class in the morning. And then the afternoon was a totally different class. When he came back from that summer program, he was like, Dr. Pamela, I don't want to be an engineer. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was not what he thought it was. It, it yeah. was not what he thought it was. Yeah. And so that's a good way to figure out who you are and what you like and what you enjoy. Because I believe that that's what, you know, the college major should be about. Not doing a major just for the sake of a career or because others say you should do that major, but doing what it is you enjoy and do well in. Oh, gosh, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I've always thought that when I was a teacher, every once in a while, we'd have a high school student come and want to spend a day or, or a week yeah. or a few hours, you know, with us. Mm -hmm. And because they thought that's what they wanted to do. And I, I yeah. like, it's so obvious to me that that's really what we need. It's really yeah. er, internships early on in your life just to get that yeah. exposure. You know, exactly. I, I, because we can't know. Right. Mm -hmm. We can only assume what that job is going to be like. I exactly. think that's so important. Yeah, exactly. And so many times when you're in the workplace, they teach you what they want you to know. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of, you know, what you want to gain in college are those critical thinking skills um, and other skills that can be applied in any type of career choice later. And oftentimes we hear that the jobs that this generation will be doing, you know, seven, eight to 10 years from now haven't even been conceived. So right. how can we, you know, say that we need to major in X because it's going to be the path? My undergraduate degree is in linguistics. Mm -hmm. I, the only time it came up <laughs> was when I was interviewing for an investment banking job. <laughs> but it's... one thing I did learn in that program back then, I had an artificial intelligence class and I oh. worked for a publishing company that uh, published uh, artificial intelligence books. We didn't call it AI back then. Right. And so at least I have that understanding <laughs> of the power of it. But right. um, that's about it. I haven't done anything else with linguistics. <laughs> yeah. And that's what that's what it's about, you know. I mean, and even yeah. when you know, like even if you narrow it down as a young kid, that you you can change. Obviously, you know, Absolutely. your interests change, something else comes change. across. But at least it gives you a little bit better of focus and a little bit better chance of mm -hmm. going into a direction that you're interested in and landing somewhere that yes. would make you happy in your life, which is you know, yes. sort of part of the, the journey and sort of important. <laughs> exactly. And Mark, yeah. I have a trivia question for you and your listeners. What <laughs> would you think is the most common major of medical school students? Psychology. Business. <laughs> <laughs> Keep guessing. <laughs> it 
his philosophy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was so stunned when I heard that. Yeah. I was like, really? But it goes to show you can major in anything you want to major in. Sure. You know, and it doesn't have to be biology, which is what a lot of students think. Because when they start saying that they want to go into medicine, it's always, I need to major in biology. And I'm just like, who told you that? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's too also a a kind of a a learned, learned thing societally. You know, we're, we're, we, we put things very conveniently in boxes, right? So it's, it's, it's easy to understand why somebody would think that because it's like, well, biology doctor makes sense. But, you know, the philosophy aspect of it is interesting because, you know, you're learning about, you're talking about life and you're talking about how people exist in life. And I think to be able to bring that perspective as a doctor, I think is really pretty unique and uh, important. It is. This podcast obviously is serving the special education, special needs, exceptional needs uh, population. Can you, do you have a lot of experience or do you have any experience with your company dealing with students with with disabilities? I do. I do. And it's, it's a range in terms of the IEPs that they have and the plan uh, for them. And so I would say it's around 15% okay. in some cases. Um, in some years, it's been maybe slightly higher. But the thing about it is when I am getting to know a family and talking with them about whether we can partner together. I don't really read their IEPs or anything like that and make any judgments about us working together. Uh, What I say to them is that the teen owns the process and if they're willing to work together, we'll work together. Okay. And so they're still they'll still be responsible for the follow up and doing assignments. And sometimes, you know, what we'll do is, you know, our session may be slightly shorter and we'll meet more frequently in terms of instead of trying to do everything in one session, we break it up. So maybe we do it across two sessions instead. And that gives them um, the time to process. We'll do things together as well. And so that's how I will adjust uh, in terms of our program. It's still getting all of the content, if you will. And it's still talking about, you know, their testing plan, making sure that if they need additional time for their SAT or ACT, that they are planning ahead for that. And I would say probably the biggest difference is probably more uh, interactions with parents. Okay. What's that like? What's the difference there? Um, So sometimes, you know, in that case, you know, the parents may... uh, email certain information, documentation, the student doesn't have that. I will pretty much insist that students, you know, have their own transcript, know what's in it, et cetera. 
but with the all of the uh, cognitive assessments they've done, they may not have that. The right, parent sure. would have that, and so right. that's where there may be more interactions with the parent in that case because they'll be providing that information when we're talking about uh, meeting perhaps with the neuropsychologist. I'm talking directly with the parents around arranging that, making sure that I get all of the reports that were generated and we talk about the list as well. And so I've had, you know, an additional meeting with a parent to talk about the colleges, sharing my insight around what those colleges have to offer in terms of services, and also making sure that when they're doing their campus visits, that they actually check out the services, the Academic Services Center to make Mm -hmm. sure that they're going to be supported in um, the right way. And we talk a lot about uh, self-advocacy because, you know, for all students, they need to learn how to self-advocate. And for students who have special needs, when they get to college, oh, yeah, they still they're going to really have to self-advocate because it's not always the case that, you know, the the folks at the college will know, you know, how to support them and what they may need and everything else. And so Mm -hmm. being armed with those skills beforehand can set them up for success. Mm -hmm. Do you speak with administrators of these schools to in advance to kind of get a sense yourself of what the programs are like or the type of support they would get? I do. You do. And if a child does decide to go to a school, do you follow Mm -hmm. up with that to to be sure that that's the case or not really? No, not really. Our um, agreement goes through their fall of freshman year. Okay. And there are definitely families that I keep in touch with or may reach out afterwards um, with a question. But usually there's the handoff. during that fall of freshman year. But prior to that, you have researched and you know schools you can recommend or you can have an idea of what the support's like at various schools to recommend to the parents. Yes, Yes. I still actively do visits and also meet with um, the Academic Service Center and learn about what they're offering. And there are tours that I've done that are especially uh, for uh, students with special needs and learning differences uh, so that oh, wow. okay. um, I, as a professional, know what services they offer for students. And then there are, you know, some colleges that are known to provide outstanding services. And so seeing what they're doing uh, gives a great sense for what are some possibilities for what other colleges can offer. Nice. That's great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you and your staff, how big is your staff? Because it's not just you, right? Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't We're be. under 10. 10? Yeah. Do you have anyone who is specifically trained in this air specific area of working with special needs uh, families? Or not is it at everyone? This time I mm-hmm. collaborate with other colleagues. I so am, you're kind of the um, go-to person for it? Yes, I am at this time. And so I will 
work with someone else in my association who has that area of expertise. And so that's how I'm able to still provide the support and have, you know, the insight. And I'm still doing my own uh, visits and have experience from working with other families over the years. Families have their process through the special education system, Mm -hmm. and it can be very challenging. And a lot of parents get closer to the high school graduation years where Mm -hmm. they're not prepared. They're not really knowing what to do next. And some schools are better at preparing families than other schools are. Now, Mm -hmm. how early do you recommend starting the process, whether it's a typically functioning child or someone with a disability? What's the age range that you start? By 10th grade. 10th grade. Okay. By 10th grade. So some will come in ninth and we do have a program for ninth graders. What's your outreach mm-hmm. like so people know about your your service? Because I think a lot of parents, again, are in the dark and they mm-hmm. kind of are grabbing at straws or they they don't know which direction to go. Um, what's your outreach like for people to find you? Usually through speaking engagements. And so it's speaking at a school, it's speaking with a parent association. That's usually the primary way. Families with children with disabilities, they have, you know, other children that are ready to go Mm -hmm. to college or want to go to college. Have you come across a situation where you've had families with children with other disabilities that the parents, you know, their time and attention is taken by that? Um, yeah. that child. And so oftentimes they don't have as much to be able to put in to the process. Yeah. Can you speak yes. to that a little bit? Yes, definitely. Because I have that situation with a few families this uh, year who have um, seniors now. I've We've been working together for a few years and it definitely takes a toll on them uh, in terms of having um, a child with special needs and then having a child that's actively in the college process. And I think that one of the things that I have seen that the parents are experiencing is that feeling of guilt, uh, guilt that perhaps they're not giving uh, the traditional student uh, the attention that they need. Um, And so oftentimes that's, you know, why they seek out our services so that the traditional student can still get the attention and guidance that they don't have the bandwidth uh, because of their child with special needs. And so one of the things we do is we certainly talk about it with the traditional student that we're working with uh, to get a sense for where they are and also getting a sense for how their siblings' needs influences their list. Because sometimes students may want to be closer to home for that reason. Sometimes they may want to be further away for that reason. And then there are, of course, other considerations around the financial aspect of it as well. And 
what their needs are in terms of any scholarships or financial aid for the traditional student when they have other responsibilities at home with their child with special needs. Right. Sometimes, you know, it can be really stressful on the traditional student Yes. when they are experiencing it. So I have, you know, been perhaps in a meeting with them and all of a sudden there's like chaos. Yeah, and, like an eruption of you know, emotions yes. and feelings. And... Yes, and, you know, having to change rooms or there's some commotion going yeah. on at home. Okay. And so being sensitive to that and still uh, meeting them where they are in terms mm -hmm. of the decisions that they may be making around what their major interests might be, what colleges will be on their list, how far away from home they'll be. Right. On your website, you talk about, you know, the, the, the exorbitant prices and they continue to go up. Does working with you help with the expenses? Does Are you able to help families through that process, the financial, you know, hardships of trying to afford college? Yeah, yeah. So we work actively on helping our families to get a return on their investment in working with us. Um, okay. So there's a return on their time. There's a time. There's a return on their peace of mind. Um, and then the other side of that is a monetary return. And the way that we're working on that effort is through FIT and supporting the students with finding those colleges that are a good fit for them. Because we know that when the college is a good fit, then they're more likely to get scholarships. And that's part of okay. our framework in terms of how we work and the advantage that families have in working with us. Because quite frankly, a lot of times the families that we are working with aren't going to qualify for the financial aid, the need-based money. Okay. But there are monies that are available from the colleges that won't take into account what their income is. Oh, and okay, those are based on it because the colleges are making their selection based on what their institutional priorities are and what's a fit for them. And so our match is from the side of the student in terms of what's a fit. And right. so that's what we've found that's worked and proven over the years of doing this work. And so that's that's what we do. And while there are no guarantees, we have been successful in that process of doing this work over the years. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the process. Let's talk about your process. Can you kind of just give a bit of a rundown of what the process would be like for for any family? Um, yeah. Because um, I would imagine along the way you're starting early on. So you're working with kids on their SATs, testing their, their grades, all these things too, to try to get them in position? Or is that is that incorrect? Yes, we are doing all of those things, except we're not uh, test prep. We're okay, not right. doing the tutoring or testing. Uh, we partner with others who do that, who are experts at that. And what we're doing, I would say 
I think of it in terms of three phases, and it's actually three phases that are in our framework. So one is that discover phase. So we are supporting students with um, getting a figuring out who they are and figuring out what it is they like to do. And so that's through, you know, nurturing those skills of self-awareness, self-advocacy and independence. And we are, you know, supporting them with summer programs, finding the right summer programs and applying to those along the way. With that discovery phase as well, there is determining which test works best for you and planning what your prep plan is going to be and when you're going to take any standardized tests, if at all. So that's the first phase. The second would be developing the right list of colleges. That's critical. That's usually not done until junior year. And that is based on our five factors of fit for developing that right list of colleges. And just briefly, the five factors are academic, social, financial, vocational, and cultural. Those are the five factors of fit. With developing that list, their campus visits, we're supporting them with that as well. And then the third phase would be actually applying. So taking action and applying to the colleges. And so that's done in senior year and applying includes the essays. So we are working actively with them on, you know, writing compelling essays. It's also applying for financial aid. We recommend that families apply for financial aid, even if they don't think they qualify. And it's also supporting them through the spring with dealing with um, senioritis and uh, making the decision around where they go. And so it's a comprehensive program for each year that's, you know, all about a roadmap to launching successfully to a college where you can thrive. That's wonderful. Do you work with people remotely as well, or is it just... In your primarily, area. primarily. Oh, and the thing about it is I, when COVID happened in 20, I had been remote for about 25 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Again, with you, with the yeah. knowing like AI ahead of your time. Yes, exactly. I am. <laughs> I'm in 2050. <laughs> but um, <laughs> What's it like? It sounds like it could be terrifying. <laughs> It's great. The sun is shining. <laughs> oh, good news. Thank you. Um, so long before 2020, I was already remote. I used to work uh, for Lucent Technologies and they had set up a completely remote um, setting for me because my commute, you know, I was living in the Bay Area at the time and the commute could be pretty be pretty long. So anyway, when I started my business, part of what I envisioned back then was that I could still run a business and work with clients remotely. And so this was pre-Zoom and there were actually some other technologies out there at the time 
that I tested out to figure out, you know, how to do scheduling, also how to do the video conferencing, as we called it, teleconferencing back then. And I was familiar with companies like Cisco Systems and some others because I used to work out in Silicon Valley for a couple of tech companies. And so I knew that I could run a business remotely, even when I started in 2010. And some of my earlier families were in California, even though I was living in Ohio. And so I did make a point to visit with families in person, but it was kind of crazy at times because, you know, sometimes the teleconferencing didn't work so well. The biggest difference um, is that with COVID came the back-to-back meetings. I never okay. did that before. Ah, uh, gotcha. Sure. All those years that I was doing teleconferencing and then video conferencing, because I started working with Zoom the first year they came out, because I had been testing different w- platforms, and okay. I didn't do back to back. But once COVID struck, that's when the back to back fatigue yeah. started, and that's where we are today. Can you talk about your success rate? You have a pretty substantial success rate with your with your students. Yeah, ninety five percent of students are admitted to their top choice colleges, and the uh, average scholarship is seventy five thousand dollars. Wow, that's amazing! Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, it Those is. Are... It is. We've been tracking it over the years, and uh, we're excited about it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a message for parents who have any trepidation about the college process? I would say. When you start to worry about it, know that there are so many options out there. There are so many options out there. And the key to disabusing yourself of that worry is not focusing on just one or two colleges. And if they can open their mind to the fact that there are so many possibilities, that are right fits for their teen, that can help allay some of that worry, trepidation that they may have about the college process and even paying for it. No, that's a great idea. So don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. That's a nice, succinct way. (laughs) Put that in your brochure. (laughs) Yes, don't limit yourself. And I would say not limiting your teen. That's so important because as we talked about earlier, sometimes parents make it about their process and where they wish they had gone to college. Um, But if you take those limits off your teen and let them own the process, you'll find that the results are more beautiful. Yeah, the parents already have the gear from when they were in college, right? They, yes, they to, do. They I'm have at. that programming and everything else that are influencing their thoughts and influencing the actions that they're taking. And right. so if you let that go and let the teen be who they are and think about it in terms of what are the right fit schools for them and not so much as what we want, then... Yeah it's going to be a much more enjoyable process and so beautiful to see them thriving when they're in college. I think that's just a great message for raising children, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Listening to your children. Yeah. Yes. How can people find you? How can they connect with you? Your social media presence, your website, things yeah. like that. My website is compasscollegeadvisory.com and they can connect with me on LinkedIn at Dr. Pamela Ellis. Okay, great. And I'll include that in the show notes so people can connect directly to you. Thank you. Um, this has been such a pleasure. You're, you're it really just, uh, has, Mark. It really has. So <laughs> thank you so much. It was nice to laugh and yeah. just really talk about um, a range of things. Some stories I haven't even thought about <laughs> in years, but that's okay. That that's is okay. That's, okay. That's awesome. You know, we bring our humanity to the process, right? That's, we do. We do. It's such a delight to meet you. You have a, yeah. such a wonderful spirit about you, and I, I really you. encourage people to find you and to and to to utilize your service oh, because thank you. I, the process is very challenging for for everyone, child yes. and parent, and mm -hmm. you give them a way through. And wonderful, yes. kudos to yes. you. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that, and I receive it. Again, thank you for being here and taking the time. I uh, really appreciate it. It was wonderful to meet you, and have a great day. I want to thank you again for listening to this episode, and I hope you'll join me each week to hear about topics new to you or close to your heart. I hope this podcast might inspire you to face your days more confidently, stirring a greater sense of self-love, mindfulness, and outpouring of goodness, and positive role modeling for your children while remembering to attend to the areas of your own mental, physical, and if you're inclined, spiritual health, enabling you to be all you hope to be for them. All music heard on today's show comes from Jason Shaw at Audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. You can contact me directly with questions, comments, or if you're interested in parent training through my email, specialedrising at gmail.com, or my contact pages on Facebook or my website. Also, let me know if there's anything you'd like to learn more about. Until next time, peace and keep rising. Keep rising.